Are you ever faced with a decision and confused by your options? Become empowered with the knowledge to make informed choices, expand your awareness, and go beyond the mainstream. Infuse your life with spirituality and surround yourself with a community of like-minded people. Welcome to Empowered Today. Hello and welcome to Empowered Today. I'm Jen. And I'm Kaleem, and we're here to help you take a proactive approach to becoming empowered. And if you enjoy our podcast, be sure to visit empoweredtoday.net and subscribe. Today's topic is digestive issues and common ailments and how to address them. And those common digestive issues are really only common in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, Things have progressively become a little harder to digest, no pun intended. <laughs> Cute. Uh, but, you know, we're we're looking at um, a, a country now, and I'm going to speak specifically to the U.S., where I'm from, but I just see more and more people having issues digesting food. And it seems the more people you talk to, they have sensitivities, they have pain of some kind, they're on some kind of medication uh, for a system that really, until our modern era, worked. Uh, worked on its own, and it didn't have all of these other issues preventing it from being optimal. I have a daughter, uh, actually, it's a long story, but I have a daughter who is now 22 years old, who was my first foyer into celiac disease. And fast forward 20 years, there's now six of us in the house Uh, that have that sensitivity, the celiac's condition. And just for those of you who don't know what celiac's is, it is a condition by which your uh, intestine uh, begins to erode because there is uh, an element, in, in this case it's gluten, that the body sees as foreign and it starts to attack itself. It is one of those conditions that falls under autoimmune disorders. And this particular condition has seen an uptick exponentially in just the last 20 years. And there's been lots of discussion about the whys. um, But for us, the issue was how do we live a normal life Uh, without medication and without going through surgery. And we'll be talking about uh, that approach in a little while. But I wanted to start with kind of the beginning. Start at the beginning. It's always the best place to start. And uh, Kaleem, I know for you, you work at the very beginning of life for these babies and you speak with these families who are about to give birth. I know you have experience uh, that lends itself to how to view digestion from the very beginning. So when I'm working with pregnant families, I look at their digestion that's going on during the pregnancy. And anybody who's been pregnant, they know that sometimes there's indigestion and they have that reflux type of a feeling. And I've even had some families that have GERD during the pregnancy, and that's really hard on them. When you think about in a uh, traditional hospital system right now, and even in some out-of-hospital systems, whether that's an alternative birth center or at home, antibiotics are used. So I want to talk about antibiotics for a minute. So if we go back in time and we get back into that early 1900s when they, wow, discovered that a piece of moldy bread could create something called penicillin and that penicillin was a breakthrough in modern medicine to be able 
to help with bacterial infections and saved so many lives. They did not have anything like that, and people did have a difficult time being able to survive because of those bacterias. So as we come forward and we say, wow, we have penicillin, it's the the best thing that they were able to find, it's saving lives, they're doing well, we fast forward through till we get up to about the 1960s. And there were more and more different types of antibiotics that became available because not every bacteria was susceptible to penicillin. What also began to occur was they began antibiotics more in the delivery time. And during delivery, if there was an infection going on, there was a fever and there was literally infection going on during the birth, again, this was a wonderful life-saving tool to add antibiotics in that helped a birth giver, a mom and a baby have a positive experience and be able to do well. So we're so grateful for it. But let's continue forward. And one bacteria that they began to isolate is called group beta strep. And it actually lives in the bowel, believe it or not. And it migrates up into the birth canal. Because not all <laughs> bacterias are bad. We have no. flora in our bodies, right, Colleen? Right. We have flora in our bodies. Your intestinal tract has good bacteria. We actually have strep, staph, all these bacterias living in and on our body very happily. Everybody's in a nice community that supports each other, right? But it's when something begins to not have a good balance that some of these bacteria that can really cause illness and concern have a chance to grow over too much. And when group beta strep came into the delivery area and they began to say, let's test everybody, everybody who has it are going to be on antibiotics during birth. That meant that 40% minimum of a person who went into labor was going to have antibiotics. 40%, that's almost half the population during labor. And the problem, of course, is the bad bacteria is what they're targeting, but it's going to kill off all the bacteria, good stuff too. Exactly. So then you add not only those that were positive with the bacteria, but you add anybody who might have run a fever or maybe they had their membranes ruptured too long or whatever, and you're now up to probably 50 60% who have had antibiotics in labor. Well, as of today, which is in the early 2000s, right? We're at 2021. What we've learned is that the baby themselves, if we sterilize the birth giver, the mother's field during labor so that it sterilizes the baby and the baby then has a reduced uh, chance of getting infected, we now through three generations have weeded out certain bacterias that a baby needs in order to have a good gut flora for life, which then sets them up for things such as reflux, such as uh, an inability to handle even breast milk or formula sometimes. It causes them to have allergies later on, digestive issues, and the list goes on. And we know the gut is a, like they say, it can be the body's brain, right, to our health. So in helping families to learn how important it is to take care of our gut and get that good bacteria back in. Here's one of the things they actually did in birth. Now, this isn't just from a midwife. This is coming from the medical establishment. They began to learn in the United States that 
if they didn't allow the baby to have the bacteria during the birth, they now see by research that it sets them up for all of these problems. So they're actually trying to make a way to help the baby get the bacteria before they give the antibiotics, and you can see where we've gone from that. So antibiotics are a great choice, but they need to be for when we need them, not just everybody across the board, or we set up a lifelong of problems. And unfortunately, when we're looking at this medical management model, it removes the body's natural wisdom. You know, so much of those antibiotics prior to those 1900s that you're talking about were addressed through herbs, homeopathy, other um, what they consider alternative treatments now, but those were the medicine of the world. Uh, those were the things that kept us alive for millions of years. And, you know, there's still those people, especially if you look at Eastern medicines, that think that antibiotics are, are actually doing us more harm than good, that people are proponents of some treatments that will actually work with the body so that instead of killing off all the bacteria, you're supporting those bacteria to kill the bad ones. And that way you achieve that balance that you're talking about. You know, we work a lot with herbs, just our household. And I can't tell you the last time we've actually had to use antibiotics because you, your awareness of, you know, symptoms of something coming on gives you the opportunity to utilize something natural like an herb, uh, a vitamin, uh, homeopathy. It takes a little longer for it to work. It takes a little more effort sometimes because it's not an immediate, you're not going to take it five days until the pills are gone, like in uh, an antibiotic would, but, but you can address your body in a natural way that keeps balance uh, in check. You know, the other thing that I know we've talked about before that has a huge part in what's going on with digestive health today, and it's a huge thing for me, and just because I work in wellness and, and I try my best to keep balance in all things, I know diet is huge. My uh, One of my mentors many, many years ago said to me, you wouldn't put water in a gas tank of a car and expect it to work meaning you need to give it the fuel it needs. And your body needs natural whole foods. Well, you know, we're going to back up to, as you said, the early 1900s claim, and we're going to see another area where, you know, man decided that we knew better than nature did, you know, and much like taking that moldy bread, we decided mass production of food was the way to go. We could have a supermarket on every corner instead of having to go to, you know, fresh fruit locations. We wouldn't have to go to farmer's markets. We could just run down to the Jiffy Stop and grab something off a shelf because it could stay on the shelf for six months and look exactly the same as when they made it. Well, all of those different items that they started adding to foods, food additives, started to really change the way our body reacted to food. Uh, if you imagine for a second that you drop yourself into a foreign country, your body is very much in that same situation. It doesn't know what these things are. It looks at these ingredients and goes, um, yeah, I'm just going to push those off to the side because it doesn't look anything like a piece of broccoli. So now let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Courses.naturalchildbirth101.com is your premium education video online series for pregnancy, childbirth, 
breastfeeding, and parenting. Natural Childbirth 101 will be your guide on your journey to welcoming your baby with joy and celebration. Learn the proven ways that thousands have used to take ownership for their journey and to create the most amazing memories you and your baby will share for a lifetime. Go to courses.naturalchildbirth101 to subscribe to your Bundle of Joy subscription today. So, you know, you have a situation where we have introduced things to our bodies that our bodies can't use. And our bodies are very resilient. We know this. We can heal. We can move on. We can grow. uh, We can overcome toxic environments and, and become healthy again. But it's a challenge. And with every challenge is like a layer. And every layer makes it that much harder for our body to be at optimum health. So we want to strip away these layers. So taking those additives back out of our diet helps our body to be a little bit more in balance and be able to digest a little bit better. Another thing that we know is in our environment now that wasn't in our environment back in the 1900s are toxic pollution, uh, items that are sprayed like pesticides uh, that is right on our food. And so if we're, even if we go and wash, it's been grown in it, it's been bathed in it. And so we're not going to get a completely clean food unless we go about buying things that are organic or growing it ourselves and knowing exactly what we're putting on it. You know, there's some products out there right now. Um, Monsanto is one of those uh, manufacturers who has created some things that we are getting a firsthand look now at how hard it is on our bodies. And there's a lot of other diseases that we could link and talk about, and we'll do that in future podcasts. But just to know that your body has to digest a food and try to pull aside these toxins is just, like I said, another layer of work it has to do in order to digest food. And it does cause our bodies additional problems, which can lead to some of these disorders. So let's talk about how can we make the gut happy and healthy again. I love that idea. I do too, because probiotics, that's the probacteria that are- The good guys. The good guys, that's right. That our bowels need in order to keep them happy. Um, Because of some of the things I mentioned about what happens as babies are gestating and in the early weeks, some birth givers don't have some of that bacteria to give to the babies. So there, there does need to be a repopulation. Fortunately, our bowels are really good at reproducing bacteria hour by hour. So probiotics, those are available everywhere that we go. It's amazing, right? It's like the buzzword right now in health. Exactly. And what I've learned is that there are those that are produced, right, that are on a dairy or a non-dairy. And then there's new ones that I've loved that are actually coming from dirt. And that made me really think about going back to nature, what we get from our soil, and having good soil. Right. So- you know, even growing anything. And I remember years ago, I lived in an apartment. We had uh, five-gallon buckets, and we put um, soil in them, and we grew tomatoes on our little tiny, tiny patio of the apartment. So sometimes you can do just even that to help give you a little boost on that nutrition. But 
Tell me about probiotics and about good gut health from what you've learned. Yeah, it really is the thing that everybody seems to have agreed upon of late. And sometimes it's not so easy to get a, a allopathic or a traditional doctor and somebody who works in what they call uh, alternative medicine to agree. But everybody's kind of on the same page right now with probiotics. It's repopulating that beneficial flora in our digestive tract, in our bodies, that has been killed off, and sometimes by antibiotics, but other toxins and other pollutants also do it. And then just by natural selection, things die off. You know, nothing's forever. So we have to manage that population carefully. You can do a couple things. You can make sure you're eating good foods so that what you're putting in allows that body's uh, flora to thrive. Uh, you don't want to eat a lot of processed things because we know that that can remove some of those beneficial flora. You also want to take a supplement if you can. And those supplements, as you said, Kaleem, they range. Some are produced in, in factories. Some are just kind of gathered out of the environment for our benefit. Um, but anything that you do will benefit you. Uh, so starting where you are, finding something that you can do, that's, that's a great starting point. When you look at foods, there are fermented foods. And I love fermented foods. I know. I mean, kefir is a great one. And I know we Kombucha fun, is my fault. I love kombucha. Oh, yeah. I love kombucha. It's such a great thing because I don't drink sodas. Right. But if you want that little bubbly feel, you get a chance to drink that bubble, go, wow, this tastes so good. And oh, wow, it's actually good for my gut at the same time. So I love kefir. And kefir can be from dairy. And you can make it at home. It's super simple. It can be from uh, a water kefir. It can be from coconut water. They have all different kinds with that. And like I said, some of them you can make at home to make it really cost effective. And frankly, I think it's actually an even better brand when you can make it at home. Pickling is also an easy way to be able to add that beneficial flora. And I know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard, really? Pickles and, and pickled items are good for me? Pickled onions? Yeah, go for it. And for those of you who like sauerkraut, oh, I yeah. hear that is a real winner. Yeah, I love sauerkraut too. So I think the important part is helping our listeners to understand that there are ways and reasons why we are dealing with some of the health issues we have today. Absolutely. And as you become empowered and you learn and you educate yourself, you start one step at a time and you say, okay, let me look at my diet. How can I begin to go to a farmer's market or use more things from the produce aisle and more things in my diet that I know what they are instead of reading the label and going, oh, I don't know what those are, right? Yeah, I, the labels are just too long these days. It's just amazing. If you have more than five ingredients on a label, it's time to pick the next box and start over. Or better yet, stay out of the middle aisles completely and stay where you know that the food is in the same shape it was when it grew. Exactly. When you look at labels, if you have a food that has a label, if you don't know what those ingredients are, try again. Pass on it. That's exactly right. <laughs> so I, if you take your steps one step at a time, look at how you can include your nutrition and always say to yourself, I feel like I'm making progress, right? Week by week, because sometimes cutting cold turkey on absolutely everything, that can feel totally overwhelming. 
Yeah. And the more stress you're under, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to be sustainable. And that's not a benefit to anyone. Right. Get yourself a good probiotic. There's a lot of different brands. Make sure that they're a good brand, though. If you go to the, the drugstore and you try and buy a probiotic off the shelf, not a lot of probiotic is left in there because probiotics are a little heat sensitive and they need to be treated carefully. And when you're taking them, it has to get through your digestive tract. And so it, you want it to survive down into your gut, into the lower region where your intestines are. If it's not going to survive that long, it's not going to benefit you either. So it means that the best time to take probiotics whenever possible is to take them 15, 30 minutes before you eat. And it's not just throw them all in in the morning. If you can, take them before each meal because they last as they go through. Right. And they have to have that continued reminder of repopulation going Absolutely. on. It's not a one-size-fits-all for sure. So you may see different numbers on the packaging. Don't let it intimidate you. Just ask for someone's help, someone knowledgeable, and they can make sure you get the right strength. If you've got children and they've got allergies, digestive problems, heaven forbid if you have an infant who's having reflux and they're on medication for that, that's a child that really, really needs to have their little gut made happy again. So get probiotics for them. And when they're really little, they're used to something called infantinum bifidus. And that's what you have to have in the product. And you can find many of them that um, say that they're for infants. But just be sure that they're a good brand. And yes, they will help serve your little one. And any pediatrician, any midwife is going to be a proponent of probiotics for infants. So they're very safe to give. Absolutely. You know, another thing that we need to talk about, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts as well, but your overall health is always sustained by the reduction of stress and additional sleep. And those two things we're just going to say just about any time we're talking, because we know that your body's going to do better if it's had rest, if it's reduced stress. So with this probiotic situation, if you can get a few more minutes of sleep, if you can have a little quiet time to reduce your stress during the day, that's going to make your gut happy too. And that's really no matter what age you are. Absolutely. You know, if you're on the, um, the, the growing age, such as maybe we are. <laughs> um, yes, rest is important. So is exercise. So is making sure that you have that good diet and probiotics and good health. Even taking digestive enzymes for some people because their bodies may not have done a good job in being able to keep up with them can help that gut to be able to stay strong and healthy. If you're one that's tending little kids, um, I get it. I get that your load from day to day feels like, how am I supposed to rest more? You know, especially if you have a real little one that's getting you up at night to feed and et cetera. And if you have one that's having digestive issues, I also know that your load has been really something. That's why we're saying to you, look at the, the, the benefit of helping to repopulate them so that they can feel better because that's all you really want as a parent is for your child to feel happy and healthy. And if you do that, you're going to get more rest too. Well, we have really taken you on a road today, and we know that this is a lot to digest. <laughs> Sorry, the puns keep coming. But we want to make sure you know that we will be going into further detail about digestion as well as other alternative health 
options that you have in future podcasts. But for now, I think we have probably exhausted what we need you to know for your starting steps into better digestive health. So our next podcast is going to talk about common paths we take in life. This will be about the social norms and things sometimes that we comply with that don't have really a structure around them that leads you down that path. It's more about the domino effect. And we'll talk a little bit about those social norms and how we got there. So as we bring this podcast to a close, we want to celebrate you, all of you, for making the decision to be with us today. And until next time, live your empowered life. Thank you for listening to Empowered Today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Natural Childbirth 101. We are looking forward to you joining us for our next episode.